What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. Happy Friday, everyone. What's up? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. This is episode 77. You've made it all the way to Friday. Congratulations to you, the listeners out there. If you're up or just waking up with your first cup of coffee or you're still trying to get going for the day, we appreciate you joining us live on this show on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, A little bit but before we get started today, uh, a little bit about Ping Pong. We provide marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds, all in one account that enables companies to significantly reduce their cost when receiving or making international payments. For more information about Ping Pong or want to sign up for free today, go ahead and check out that link below. Um, in the show notes, make sure you click there to start saving on your international FX at least 25%. Go ahead and click on that link to learn more about Ping Pong and get started today. But Again, if you're watching us live, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us again on another episode, whether this is your first time or you've been with us for all 77 episodes. I appreciate you for joining us on this beautiful Friday, at least it's beautiful where I am. Hopefully it's the same where you are. Uh, But if you're not watching this live again and watching this on replay, uh, we appreciate you uh, watching this whenever you can consume your podcast or live videos. Um, If you can't, we can. We are available on YouTube and Facebook, and all these links will stay available for you. So make sure that you share, like, and repost, um, and comment your questions on the show notes because we can see those live. So if you have questions about anything that my guest or myself talk about today, we will be able to see those and answer your questions live. If you don't, go ahead and just tag us in the post, and we'll make sure that we get to that as well. Uh, But if you are listening to this via download as well on audio format, you can actually find us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, truly wherever there is a podcast, I hope to be there. Uh, Just search Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer, and that's where we'll be uh, as well. So go ahead and like and share and rate us on those platforms as well. Um, But again, since this is a live episode, you can go ahead and comment in the show notes below. Make it uh, Tell us what you're thinking, if you disagree with something, if you have a specific question. But this isn't the only time we go live. I go live about four to five times per week with experts like my guest today, who is going to be anywhere in the e-commerce field or Amazon field with different varying degrees of expertise in different focuses. Today is no exception. But about our guest today, Liz is actually an e-commerce professional with a passion for helping brands succeed on Amazon and other marketplaces. She is committed to high quality content and education to seller to the seller and a brand owner community who, what, and who uh, know what and who they need to know in order to be successful. Uh, the company she works for is Takeometrics, and they offer an AI powered software in addition to extremely expertly managed. Uh, services to, to maximize potential of sellers and brand owners across the globe. Go ahead and help me welcome to the show Liz Downing of Take a Metrics. Liz, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you? I'm you great. Yeah. <clears throat> you did it right. You did. All right. <laughs> Guys, this is a struggle. I promise you, if you're reading this, I 100% guarantee you will say it wrong. But I made sure I got it right today. So. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I had you on a webinar and you said it wrong, and then you just—I know, right? Like freaked out. I freaked out, and I was like, "This is bullshit." And like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I was like, "I'm just gonna run with it, make it a whole thing." And here we are today. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you there. You're you're located in Richmond, Virginia, which is my old stomping ground. So uh, maybe mm-hmm. for people who aren't familiar with you or taking metrics, uh, maybe give us kind of paint the picture of you yourself give us an insight of how you got to where you are today and then maybe a little bit about the company. Sure, absolutely. So I am based in Richmond, Virginia. I'm a remote worker. The company is based in Boston, Massachusetts. So Boston nice. strong. Um, Sorry. <clears throat> Lots of tech companies in Boston. Yeah. Like that's where Thrasio is technically located and, you know, just a lot of good tech coming out of Boston, really. Yeah. And it's a kind of becoming an e-commerce hub, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be, we'll be very glad when the world opens back up and we can start like doing events in person and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just got my first shot this week. So 
that's always a plus. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Indiana, where we're at, they're, they're doing really well. I'm hopefully everyone out there is staying safe. Of course, if you're listening to this and I know soon enough, everyone's pretty much itching to get traveling again in a safe format. So yeah, that's, that's super cool. I've never personally been to Boston, so I'm, I'm super excited. I lived in the 95 corridor and I never, I went up to New York once and then uh, Boston never. So I don't, I don't understand how I never did that, but here we are. <laughs> it's a great town. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of our employees are, are based in Boston, nice. <clears throat> but we moved to a remote first kind of situation when the pandemic started. And I actually have been with Techmetrics since August of 2020. But prior to that, I was with a different software company in the e-commerce space. I've been playing around in e-commerce pretty much since 2014, first as a freelance writer. And uh, I actually shadowed a retail arbitrage, online arbitrage and wholesale seller here in Richmond who became like a great friend, but he was a mentor to me. And uh, I got the bug, not so much to sell, but to learn everything about how to be successful on Amazon because I watched the struggles of the Facebook groups I started to follow, the LinkedIn groups I started to follow. And I realized that there are a lot of different things that go into success on Amazon that um, that you have to think about in order to, to actually win the game. Cause it's like crazy, crazy competitive. And occasionally Amazon kind of gets in your way a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, they, they don't, they, they can help, but they, they, they certainly don't go out of their way to help you but uh, they can help in terms of like growth opportunities. But yeah, in terms of building a brand, not not the same. I will say though, that the resources have gotten a lot better in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, here's how brand registry helps you. Here's how your A plus content can help you. You know, here's why you should have a storefront and all that kind of stuff. I mean, all that education exists on Seller Central now, but um it's so still we didn't used to. Yeah, it, it was kind of a, we, everyone uses the term in this industry, Wild West. It was a, figure it out as you go. And if you found a really great solution, you stuck with it, even though it might have not been like, quote unquote, white hat, or it was more gray hat, or, you know, ways of finding to build a brand or build your, your solution. So, but now everything's cracked down. And I think you and I would both agree like that there's the best way to build a brand and build a system. So, uh, awesome. So, Taken metrics, you 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 found found them. They found you. How how did that work out? Like, how what made you switch from the company in Virginia over to to them? It was just a really fortuitous conversation with Alistair McLean Foreman, who's our CEO. Um, that's <clears> such a fancy sounding name, by the way. Like, if Alistair's watching, that's such a badass name. I love it. Like, such a fancy like proper name. I, I hope that's what he was going for or his parents were going for. He's pretty much a badass anyway. So <laughs> he should have a badass name. Um, but we had a great conversation, I guess, in June or July of 2020 about third-party brands on Amazon and this idea that I've always had ever since, like, in 2014, I did not understand that people could sell on Amazon. I thought everything that you bought on Amazon, you bought from Amazon. Jeff and Bezos specifically. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. I bought it from Uncle, Uncle Jeff. Jeff. Right. Um, and I got hired to edit an ebook that was about the four post-purchase emails you should send to your Amazon customers. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Uh, I didn't know this. <clears throat> so that's why I found a friend of a friend that was selling on Amazon. And I like kind of got obsessed with the whole idea of third-party brands and success. And kind of flipping the switch on online retail, right? So if you go to a department store or like back when you could go to department stores, when there were more mm -hmm. department stores, you can go to that like section of the purse department and find the fossil section or find the coach section or whatever. Mm -hmm. But navigating Amazon by brand is a lot more difficult because there are a lot of people still out there. I was actually just talking to somebody who's doing a, a big academic research study on Amazon sellers and Amazon brands and you know brands that sell on Amazon. And there's still, a, there's a, a great wide swath of the consumer community that don't understand that they're buying from third party yeah, brands. That from they're other buying, people. Yeah. Almost like a mom and pop store. And that, that was, yeah, you, you've, I've talked about this on 
I think this was on two sellers and a microphone over the guys over at uh, Solozo, um, Dustin and Chris. I said that too, and, and to that point, sorry if I'm stepping your toes, is like on Amazon or like on the radio stations, they're like, don't buy from Amazon, buy from small local businesses. And I like, I, I'm pretty sure I was in the car and I threw something, like I found something and I threw it. And my wife's like, what are you, like, what are you upset about? And I go, this is what I'm talking about. We have to fight this all the time. I say we, like a collective unit, like service industry of, you know, it's not just like one major brand that's selling online. Yes, there are one P sellers. And again, if you don't know what a one P it's like a, a brand that manufactures and distributes and sells their goods to Amazon, then they sell it online on their marketplace. But 65%, what's the, the stat now? Is it like 65% is third party now? Like roughly of all third party sellers who are selling their own goods, manufacturing it or reselling it on Amazon. And people like you and me are buying that you know, just offline and people don't think twice. They don't know how to see it. And it's not, it's not in your face. Like you don't see like Ma's like trinkets or something like that on the side. You have to look for it. But yeah. Well, and the way Amazon is set up for search, the, the only, you mean the person who's winning the buy box is who it's, you know, sold by the seller and shipped by Amazon. That's how you know that it's coming from FBA. Right. But <clears throat> I mean, not everybody knows to look at that, right? And not, I don't know a whole lot of people other than myself that actually go to Amazon and type in a brand name to look for a product rather than typing in the product, you know, like cell yeah, phone, earbuds. Yeah, they're searching for like more keywords instead of- uh, yeah, The way it yeah. goes, you search for a keyword, you sort by prime and you sort by star rating. And that's how everybody's learned to play the game in terms of succeeding on Amazon. But what I talked to Alistair about that summer was what if we could change that? What if we could not only as software and service providers support the seller and brand owner community with great education and great resources and connecting the dots on things like we might not, that's one thing that I concentrate on a whole lot. And I have always in my entire career in e-commerce is making sure that people know where to go for the things they need. That's why I love doing partner webinars and all that kind of stuff because like I'm having a webinar with Joe Kovacs from BrandGuard next week. And we, we don't get unauthorized sellers off your listings, but he does. Right. And I know that our audience needs to know how, you know how that works and that that resource is out there. In terms of Takeometrics, which I didn't tell you guys about yet, if you haven't heard of us, we have really, really cool tech. Um, so we've got AI powered software that helps you maximize your advertising potential on Amazon and Walmart. But we also have a crack awesome uh, service team that can manage your services for you. And with Flywheel 2.0, which is our upcoming new release, um, we're gonna be offering more insights into <clears throat> your marketplace performance um, your inventory, that kind of stuff, so that you kind of have like one place that you can look to measure your performance to know how you're supposed to advertise. Um, it's going to be a more holistic solution. So we're super excited about that. Nice. That's exciting. So what, so SaaS company through and through pretty much with the little bit of services dabbled in there, what's kind of like the goal as the company grows? Is it, you know, trying to take over and support e-commerce sellers, not just on Amazon, but like across e-commerce in general. We definitely uh, or, have a, a like a multi-channel like vision, but we want to make sure we're supporting Amazon, the Amazon, you know, people who are selling on Amazon, people who are selling on Walmart. Those are our, our current two channels right now. True. But the goal is to be a, like a, a holistic solution um, for your marketplace control so that you know where you are and you can make good decisions on all the little things that you have to make decisions about. Exactly. So more, more like beginner sellers, but then also scaling or where do you, where do you oh, guys no. we, in the we, equation? We run the gamut. We've got some great, great big brands. We do also, uh, at, we do advertising support for one P as well as three P. Oh, nice. Um, but that obsession with third party brands is sort of what Alistair and I clicked on and he was like, well, why don't we do some cool stuff? So I said, okay. And, uh, we're working on it. It's definitely difficult in a pandemic because I want to like get out there and 
meet some of these third party brands that I've been talking to. I've had such exciting conversations. I've met such amazing people. And I want the consumer community to know about these brands, about mm -hmm. their story, how they got started, how they got started selling on Amazon, how they came up with the idea for their product, all that kind of stuff. So that's some exciting work that's upcoming with us. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to like write as much as possible, do as much content um, as possible to help the seller and brand owner community, but also make those connections that I was talking about. So like people like you and me, that we are sort of all right. part of the same, you know, I get mad when people say don't buy on Amazon. You know, I don't know that I throw <laughs> things, but. Um, I mean, <laughs> that was a, the, I, I have a beef with this like D, uh, radio DJ anyways, because he says very like polarizing things like anyways. And I'm just like, it's just another thing. And I was like, that was a cherry on top because again, I've had that conversation with so many different people of like, I didn't realize I could sell online. And like, that's the first education. Like back in 2014, I did the same thing with you. I was with a company locally there in uh, Richmond uh, that was called Evergreen Enterprises. Now it's where I cut my teeth in the e-com game. And they're a multi-million dollar company. And, but they're an original, you know, I tell the story all the time. Their original focus was direct to, uh, you know, retail stores, like, uh, gift and garden shops, like all around the world. And they like grew it really big. And then, you know, as times changed and people are asking for stuff to sell, like on QVC or on, you know, different marketplaces online, everyone's like, oh, maybe we should start selling online. And that's when FBA got really popular as 20, you know, 2014, 2015 time period. And people like start to take off in that period. And that, that's where I like started to learn about it, but like growing e-commerce on just multiple different channels and, you know, no one like thinks about that. You think about a brand's website, you think about going to like Macy's.com or going to like coach or, you know, somewhere where like they build out their own website where purchase can be made. But like coach is selling to retail stores. They also have their own site. They also are selling on third-party sites. They're also selling on Amazon, I believe. Um, so, so like maximizing a brand, how do you, how are you educating third-party sellers like in this regards? Because is it, is it trying to compare them to big brands like that? Or is it more like, hey, you can get out in front of a, uh, like a buyer halfway around the world. And now you can start really growing out your product selection. And you can also start selling at a bigger scale than we could do in a retail store. Yeah. So I think that some fundamental things apply to any size brand that's going to sell like let's just talk about amazon since that's what i know the most about um sure. <laughs> but no matter what size you are if you're a third you know if you're selling 3p you have certain things that you have to think about right so then there's the, there's the boring stuff that nobody wants to talk about but i like to talk about ad nauseum like your account health and making sure that all you're like meeting all of amazon's required metrics um, so that you're not throttled there, you know, I mean, from everything from your seller feedback to your inventory performance index, if you get in trouble with any of those things, it's going to limit your ability to sell on Amazon, like seller feedback rolls up into your order defect rate. If your order defect rate, you know, Correct. is at a certain account, you can just lose your whole account. And then you've got to try to get it back and that's a big pain and costs money and loses money um, <clears throat> with your inventory performance index. If you're not properly managing your inventory at FBA, then you miss out the next quarter on the amount of storage that you've got. Um, you pay a ton in fees. It's just so knowing the inside of Seller Central, knowing what metrics Amazon uses to measure your success is all very, very important. Uh, even before you start thinking about your listing optimization, retail readiness of your products, whether you've done your testing or how you're getting product reviews. And we'll talk about all of that today. But the, the very first thing is that your account health needs to be as close to perfect as possible. And you need to be really, really savvy about what Amazon expects from you as a third party brand. And it doesn't matter what size you are. If you don't meet the criteria, you suffer for it. Right. So is that, is that something where people just from the get go don't educate themselves on what's expected of a brand seller? 
Or... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. and I, there's there's a lot of great education out there now. You know, um, there back in the Wild West days, there were a lot of educators, coaches, uh, that kind of stuff that were taking a whole lot of money and not providing a whole lot of value. And uh, we're not going to name any names, but uh, there's some. Really I had this conversation last night too. Did about, you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if God bless Clubhouse, God bless, like, you know, chat rooms and things like that. But uh, yeah, what you're getting at is when people provide a service and they're saying it costs $20,000, for example, a course or whatever, and they're not telling you what value or expectation, they're not setting up expectations, right? They're just saying, this is what it costs, not guaranteeing successes or anything like that. And then the seller or anyone who like entrusts, you know, that capability or that course to do some sort of value, they don't get anything out of it. Is that ethically, you know, good, ethically bad, or, you know, what, you know, that's, that's never something that us in the service industry want that for sellers. We want people to trust the content that they're hearing about is going to be legitimate. It's unpartial. It's, you know, based on expertise advice. Um, again, each business is different. It's never the same for each seller. So, um, but unfortunately there's people out there that have taken advantage of people. So how do we, how do we are trying to do it right? Combat that. Well, I think that that's what you and I try to do. I know right. that like we're kind of in that same club of people that, okay, like here, here, it's a big industry, but it's a small industry in terms of like, you see a lot of us together a lot of the time mm -hmm. because we trust each other. We like each other's businesses. We recommend each other's businesses. And it's not because, of any reason other than I think this is the right decision for you brand or seller or, you know, e-commerce professional business owner, however you identify entrepreneur. Your, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Successful. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. However you identify. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I, I bad actors always get the, the spotlight, but like the people who I say do work the good fight or fight the good fight. It's always like, it's not it's not exciting but when people do flashy things like again it's not the fault of like youtube or anything like that but you, you just do a quick search on it and you can get like drawn in by the great marketing that some of these people do and then all of a sudden you know they were successful in a certain capacity but then they start to like push the boundaries like they push the edge too far yeah and cross the line more and i think that most of us that are have been around for a while most of us that do a whole lot of work with different partners in the industry we're all committed to the completely white hat completely on the up and up we're not going to teach you any tricks that are going to get you in, in any trouble um I mean, at least I'm not going to teach you any tricks. That I, think <laughs> I don't know about Ryan over here, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm real shady, guys. Don't worry. Well, like, you know, there, there are a couple of that I don't want to like spend too much time on account health and like just doing sure. it smart. But like, if you're going to use software, make sure it's in the Amazon app store because that means Amazon says, yep, it, this is fine. You know, there there's some things you can do. If you're listening to people, you know, talk on YouTube, kind of vet them. Look at their LinkedIn you know, look at their website, look at, you know, Google Better Business Bureau, because that would have helped a lot of people back in 2015. <clears throat> um, maybe get their $35,000 back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. it, you know, I mean, there, there are ways. Well, and look at reputable industry conferences. Like I'm on the advisory council for the Prosper Show, which we're, you know, going to do live in July. So everybody... I kept hearing about that. I haven't been approached by anyone. So <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about it. But yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't know they were trying to do it live. Yeah. 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 We're going to do it live in Las Vegas in July, July 13th through the 15th. So um, I'll pop a link uh, later in the replay. I don't, I don't want to find it right now because I'll get completely derailed. But <laughs> but like a, a conference like that that's been around, it was formed by James Thompson, who is a absolutely trustworthy resource employee and, 13 or seven of amazon it was something i yeah like pretty pretty early on yeah yeah james knows what's up and he started that conference for amazon sellers it is the absolute end-all be-all of amazon conferences so i mean if you're looking at software and service providers and they're on the list of sponsors there they're on the list of speakers there that's a pretty good way to know that they're authority authoritative you know or just listen to me i'll just tell you who's who's on the up and up and who's not ryan too, listen, we'll I, yeah too. We'll, we'll uh we'll forward you to the right people oh I, I just saw this and i for the people who are watching us online i threw it in the comment section but prospershow.com is 
the link, but I saw the advisory council, which is pretty big, like people in the space. Like I saw Carlos Alvarez, Chris McCabe, yourself, Rachel Greer. Yeah, lots of good mm -hmm. people. Yep, Karina McLeod, uh, Jeff Cohen, Peter Kearns. We got the band together. <laughs> Just uh, so, so what is like this? This is a new thing, right? This is something like more people on behalf of the service industry. Yeah, the since, Emerald, since Emerald uh, took over the Prosper show, they decided, you know, if you want to know the industry, then get some industry people in here to tell you stuff and introduce you to people and recruit speakers and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it, the agenda is shaping up to be amazing. I think it's probably going to be like one of the very, very best Prosper shows ever. So um, w w with that being said, I kind of want to take a, it, it's how you build a brand and how you network with people. So I think this applies to our topic. So how do you, how do you try to plan for this kind of in, as a moving target for somebody or something where people are coming out of a pandemic? Is that, I'm assuming that's the number one thing for people. Is it just assuming that everyone's going to be pretty much, or lots of people are going to be attending? Like, how is that, what's that in the vision for this board doing this event? Well, I think, you know, we were all sort of telling each other what we're hearing from our customers, our audiences, the people that we're friends with, the people that we're connected to. Um, I don't think that it hurts that the vaccine is rolling out faster than anticipated. So that is probably going to help a lot, too. I don't think there's going to be any kind of requirement or anything like that, but it will be socially distant. It will be COVID safe. There will be lots and lots of uh, like, you know, yeah, socially distant and COVID safe practices in place That's um, awesome. to keep everybody safe. So lots of hand sanitizer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was going to say the giveaway mm -hmm. should be buckets and buckets of hand sanitizer for everyone who's, I'm sure at every station will be like branded hand sanitizer across the board. Yeah. Or how you innovate it. <laughs> start, start making your orders now for branded yeah. content. Uh, interesting. So, so events, obviously you're do you, uh, you, you're making more connections with third party sellers. So what's that comment? So maybe more like how, What's a, what's the initial conversation like for you when you're approaching a third party seller or they're using your services? How are you finding these people and how are you like, what's that education process like moving forward and like, how are you helping them like can hold them like to, you know, hopefully where they can eventually grow to something of a brand powerhouse or grow to whatever level they want to grow to. Well, before you can advertise, obviously you need to do certain things to get yourself retail ready um, and get your products retail ready. So, setting up your Amazon account the right way, getting your listings where they need to be, your and everything about your listing obviously is super, super important. So your product title, you have to have a proper keyword strategy, uh, your product photos need to be amazing. Um, that's what really differentiates. I did a webinar with Snap36 and they do that 360 photography and that stuff's really, really cool. Um, but anything you can do to stand out with your listing is, really, really important just off the bat. Um, and we don't do that, but there are lots and lots of reputable people that do, um, that help you with the listing copy, help you with listing photos. You can use, um, what is it, PicFu? If you wanna like get opinions on which, that's such a cool service, I love those guys. But um, you can kind of like crowdsource opinions on which product photo is better. Um, and there are lots and lots of people that can educate you on how to do this yourself. There are people that will do it for you. Um, but all of that needs to be, you know, in place, you need to have brand registry in order to have a successful brand on Amazon. Um, you need to have your A plus content it used to be enhanced brand content, but now it's all A plus content for one P and three P. Um, in parentheses EBC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's important too. Um, and once you get all of that together, then that's when you can successfully advertise. But there are other things too. Like I said, I'm doing that webinar with Joe from BrandGuard because if you have unauthorized sellers on your listings right out the gate that are stealing the buy box, you can't run ads unless you have the buy box. So right. there's a lot to think about before you can actually start advertising. Advertising is just like part of the equation for success. 
actually in order for your ads to be successful, you have to do all this other stuff first. And then there's all this other stuff, other stuff that you have to keep track of too, like your inventory, like if there are changes to your listings, you know, that are, because there are people out there that are actively attacking reputable accounts too. You know, that's what Cynthia Stein and I were talking about during a webinar in January. And she was just on a big panel with me uh, last week. I think it was last week. But I mean, there are people that are slapping hazmat into other people's listings to get it pulled down. She has this- What do you mean by that? So, so if someone's listening to this and they're like, what is when you're talking about attacking? Like some people don't understand or maybe haven't come across this. What does it look like when your account gets attacked? It can look like all kinds of things. They can, they can come at you through your listing in that they could just change the wording. They could slap a hazmat in there. They could put non-compliant language in your listing. Um, and in a, one terrible case that Cynthia talked about, she had one customer that somebody kept changing the photos to pornography. So, and it so, kept happening so, over and over and over again. How, how, it, oh, they changed out the image. So, so I, guess, I guess my question, I've never understood this. Maybe you can kind of shed light on this. How does, how does someone get access to your listing in order to do that? Like they're not hacking Amazon, are they? Are they hacking your listing specifically? How do you do that? Like, not to say I want to, educate people how to do this, but how does someone go in and change that stuff and break into There are a Amazon's couple of different ways. Sometimes they hack your actual seller account. Other times, like you can go to Amazon and look at a listing and not even have a seller central account and click the button that says sell this product, you know? Oh, right. Okay. So then, you know, you're prompted to you know, create a seller central account and do you want a professional account or do you want, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just, not it, as easy as it used to be, but, and there are like bot farms and I mean, and, and just changing, like there are plenty of ways that competitors and black hats can come after you without actually accessing your listings because they can upvote negative reviews. They can bombard you with negative reviews. Suppress your listing uh, basically. Yeah. 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 So that's something that you have to monitor for all the while thinking about how to best position your products, how to get product reviews that are legit and verified purchase reviews, which is something I used to talk about all the time, but now I don't. Um, it's harder and harder. Amazon just got rid of the early reviewer program, which was something that kind of rolled out. So as that, a, hey, that was this last week they announced that. Yeah, well, so, I mean, that was sort of like the, because we're getting rid of incentivized reviews in October 2016, which is what I called ReviewGate, because it was a huge, huge upset in the industry. Um, Amazon rolled out the early reviewer program as like, okay, well, so we'll do this. And this is a Amazon approved program and it's not very expensive and it's great for brands that are just launching, you know, products that are just launching on Amazon. Right. And By definition, it was something that people can like feature newer products to the space, right? That's by definition right. what it was you can go in there give a give your incentive or give not an incentive but it was almost like a a space for people to go in and see new products that are being rolled out and you well, can yeah, you would enroll and then somebody who bought your product would just be approached by amazon to say hey and amazon could give them like a five dollar one dollar two dollar amazon gift card right. so amazon could incentivize their review but you couldn't um <clears throat> of course but they, that was for people who already had purchased your item. So that's, I think that's probably why it wasn't all that successful for every single brand that tried it because you've got to get people to purchase your products in order for that program to work. Mm -hmm. And if people aren't seeing your products, then they're not going to purchase them. So that's the whole, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you have to have some product reviews in order to get product reviews, but you can't have too many product reviews to use the early reviewer program. So hopefully Amazon's coming up with something else. Right. They, they did roll out the request a review button so that people had a way to request reviews without you sending buyer seller messaging um, because people kept messing that up. But hopefully they're coming. And I know the Vine program is still active and that's when they actually you supply products to give to Vine voices who are people who have proven that they 
leave fair and honest product reviews. I've heard that's uh, non or that's changing too, like in the last day or so that it's going to be like, not everyone has access or the, the financing to get access to it is also going to change. Well, it was free for a while and that's not going to last forever. Amazon doesn't always give it away for free. Exactly. I, I, I always tell the joke and it's almost, it's almost everyone who listens to this podcast knows is Amazon. If you look at Amazon, there's a fee somewhere associated with it. Like you just like look at it and they're charging you a fee. Like it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like all the places that they tack on and even now they're adjusting like different uh, fees. They like updated their fee structure and whatnot and coming out with like the liquidation uh, program again and like re-rolling that out and like changing product packaging on how they're like up, you know, upcharging like 2% on most packaging items and down uh, charging some, a couple other things, but not across the board, not too much stuff. So it's, it's always interesting in terms of the fee structure, what they're charging, but yeah, Vine, I don't think is free anymore. I think it's very much a pay to play again. Well, before it was free, it was $2,500 a product, you know? So that's rich for some, for that's a little too rich for some people's blood. And especially since you're not guaranteed a review and you're not guaranteed a positive review, obviously, because it's gotta be an honest review and your Vine voice might not like your product. They might have some things to voice about it that you don't like. So um, hopefully Amazon will come up with something else. Um, but in the meantime, you just have to do it the old fashioned way, have a really great product first, you know, and then yeah. ultimately is that if, isn't that a fair assessment to say like Amazon, like if you have a good product and just not a piece of crap or garbage that you're trying to package well, ultimately, isn't that what this is supposed to be is like the good stuff will rise to the top and the hot garbage will, you know, disappear. Ideally, yeah, of course. But I know plenty of brands that have great products that have still struggled with visibility just because of the algorithm, how product reviews play into the algorithm, what the competitor landscape is like, which is something that's really important to keep track of too. And uh, something that we've added actually to our current flywheel product is some marketplace insights so that you can kind of get an idea of what your competitors are up to. but yes, theoretically, if you've got a great product, it's going to rise to the top. Unfortunately, there are things that you have to think about, things that you need to do every day to make sure your account health is good, make sure your listings are airtight and absolutely perfect, and make sure everything is like the very perfect environment for you to effectively advertise using Amazon's ad products, but there Amazon's actually introduced some new things um, in terms of brand promotion that I think have a chance to be successful. Um, what are, what are those things? Well, so there's the Amazon, what is it? Posts, profiles, lists, and live. And I know that I've heard varying experiences on Amazon lives, but like Rachel, we were talking about Rachel from Cascadia. They're doing lives for a lot of their customers and they're seeing some really, really good results from that. Yeah. So I think like partnering with somebody who's already doing it or like, I I did a webinar with her about it. I think she's speaking about it at Prosper, you know, like listening to what's out there from somebody who's already doing it will help you take advantage of some of these things that Amazon has rolled out. Um, Amazon spent a ton of money on these like new kind of social options. So like Amazon live is like their version of YouTube. QVC. Yeah. Yeah. And post. Yeah. And it's a very, what's successful is like a very QVC type, like Billy Mays repetitive, you know, infomercial format is what Rachel says works best for it. But if you do it right and at the right time, it can show up, you know, in really advantageous places. And get I think, in yeah. Of- I love, I like the live os- aspect of it as well. It's not, I only see it really promoted, especially, especially around prime day mostly, but I know a lot more brands are working with live influencers, if that makes sense. So if you're listening to this or watching this, how Amazon live works is it, they, they go through a series, like think QVC, they're, they're talking through products, they're live testing. It's almost like an influencer. If you see it like on TikTok, but this is almost like a spread out with very much 
more more in depth conversation about a product or a suite of products or like a convert like it could be about kids toys and they'll have a bunch of different kids toys or more like home home and kitchen uh, products and you can actually feature and show them real time like you cooking or using these tools real time for example and then right below that is that you can buy that right then and there right on Amazon right so that's naturally what QVC does instead of you picking up a phone and calling a 800 number you just click three buttons and boom it's heading to your house in two days or less um, for some of us so that that's really cool and then even recently I think in the beta program I know um, I saw Yoni Mazur from Gatita. He actually posted this and I saw it and started doing more in depth. It was Amazon like travel or Amazon like something where you can actually shop with a one-on-one personality around the world in different countries. And they'll like tour you around like a city or whatnot. You can go to different small businesses and purchase products from there. Like I think it's planned out clearly, but you'd have almost like a interactive shopping person in a different foreign country around the world, which is like the most crazy thing to think about. But I instantly thought of like some digital sellers and nomads. I go, you guys should check this out. This would be really cool if you guys did this. Or, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I instantly thought of people who might take advantage of that um, as something kind of unique and different to help small businesses like around the world. But also, you know, people are going to sit at home and, instead of watching TV or Netflix, they might just like watch somebody walk through the streets of Florence, Italy. And like, there's a market with a, a leather handbag and like, yeah, can you buy that for me? And bada boom, like you can purchase it and get it to your house and fulfilled. And I don't, I don't know how long, like, I don't know how that logistically happens. There he is. Look at it. I speak and he uh, says it into a place. Shoppers can visit places in the world via Amazon uh, called Amazon Explore. Awesome. Thanks Yoni for listening. And <laughs> assisting i think it's a really cool hi, idea <laughs> also giving a shout out to uh david day on uh happy friday hi david uh, david what's up everyone so um they're, they're always posting this content too which is awesome to like for people in the service industry like those guys we're always we always have our pulse on what's new with amazon and i think that's the cool thing about this space is like there's innovative ways to get your products and resources in front of people and build a brand in that capacity. So are you guys seeing, is there a hole in the market right now in terms of uh, uh, where building a brand isn't very helpful or successful on Amazon? You mean in terms of a, a particular product category or? Uh, yeah, that, or is there a, a place like on, like is Amazon lacking in a certain like venue that it, it's an, it could support brands better, but it's not. Well, yeah. I mean, you know that, that, that was like a total setup question. <laughs> that's I what mean, I do here. <laughs> there, there are, what, 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 what could they do? Like that's an easy, like softball that would help ever everyone wins. Like Amazon you know, wins. What they did over the holidays was pretty cool. I can't remember what they called it, but there was like this spotlight on mid-sized third-party brands that the Amazon did. They were like, here, take a look and shop these stores, you know, and I can't remember what it was called, but more stuff like that. Certain features, I mean, there there are things that they're already doing that could be enhanced that I think would be great. But the problem is, is that Amazon is huge. It's grown, it's like the biggest, like it's huge, but it's still a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. And because it does so many different things, you've got the marketplace, but then you've also got AWS and you've got streaming and you've got all this stuff going on. I don't know that organizationally they're in a place to start thinking about, gee, how do we really, really support these, these, you know, third party brands that are selling on our marketplace. I think that there are teams that that's their whole job. But I also think that like great change is not going to happen overnight and it's not necessarily going to happen anytime soon, which is what we're here for. Great. We're here to teach you off Amazon advertising too. You know, I mean, so like we help you with your on Amazon advertising, you're helping people <clears throat> expand to international marketplaces. We're helping support, international marketplace expansion, which is all a big part of growing your brand internationally, right? Mm -hmm. 
and like, who knows? You've got to do research too. You've got to figure out, you know, I was just talking to Yana from YLT Translations and she's great at helping you figure out not only like how to properly translate your listing, not using Amazon's translation service, which is like worse than Google's, but also how to talk to the audience in a particular country. Like what are the demographics? Like what, what speaks to that culture that doesn't yeah, know their love language, right? Almost yeah. like, yeah. How do you communicate with an audience that values different things, whether it's, you know, especially in Japan, I had, um, Ritu Java of P, uh, PPC Ninja, and she was talking about the the Japanese marketplace and how do you stand on that regards? Like you have to speak to them, how like you have almost have to fit into culture, and that's difficult for people who've either a never been there or understand like what is successful. But then going to services like you know them or for that marketplace, or you know if if you're speaking to them in that context, that then you're going to be more successful in that way. So it's almost like understanding. I mean, essentially the language. Absolutely. So the bottom line is that there are lots of resources in this industry. And actually, Yoni and David were just here and they are part of, and we are part of the Ecom Cooperative, which is a, a relatively new. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So we've all kind of banded together to offer resources, offer free resources. Um, you should pop a link to that to everybody too in the show notes. We'll do that. Because it's free for sellers and brand owners to join. So you guys should do that. I'm super excited to be part of it. Um, giving back to the Amazon seller community is like what we're about. And that's what Ryan does this podcast for. And that's why we do educational things. Because you need more support than what Amazon is able to give you right now. I don't think Amazon's got it out for third-party brands. You know, and, and unless it's one of those specific cases where you know, all of a sudden there's an Amazon's choice product that looks just like yours, <laughs> but it's way cheaper. Um, there are situations where they're not your friend, but most of the time they're definitely not your enemy. So what is it? So what are, what are the exciting things there to build a brand? Like I always talk about micro influencers to kind of like help build out your brand and whatnot. There's, there's, I've spoke, personally have spoken with, and this is also because of Yana and Lazar over at Sellers Alley. Uh, he introduced me to the global head of partnerships for TikTok, and they're really pushing how to align with third-party sellers and Amazon seller, third-party e-commerce marketplace sellers, as well as Amazon sellers and drive traffic from their platform because there's so much visibility and using ads to drive them to like listings on Amazon or even Shopify stores or whatnot. Like those are starting to become available for lots of people. There's Is a there lot of power like there. And right, I, I, th I think power. that that's a great, it's a great strategy. You don't have to spend a ton of money in order to get some off Amazon advertising and, and initiatives, marketing initiatives that are driving traffic to your Amazon listings. And Amazon's never going to get mad about you driving traffic to Amazon. You know, they get mad about you taking traffic away from Amazon, but they're so, outside of Amazon. Yeah. So many cool things that you can do. Like TikTok is a great opportunity. Um, Instagram's still a great opportunity, actually. And I think the influencer space is sort of starting to even out a little for a while. I, like I wasn't recommending trying to find influencers because it was either too expensive or, you know, for a while there, everybody was an influencer, but now there are niche influencers and there are services and, and people out there that can help you find the right one and sort of like match make that for you. There are actual tools that can do it like websites that can do it. But then there are people like Norm Farrar that will help you come up with a strategy for micro influencers. Um, yeah. He's got a great podcast too, Lunch with Norm. Yep, been on, been on with Lunch with Norm, and he, I love listening to his stuff. And then uh, his colleague uh, over at the chat marketing agent or the chat or the chat marketing agency, uh, Paul Barron, will also be on the show coming up again. Him and I've we've been on a lot of uh, clubhouse rooms together. So he's constantly talking about like work with smaller people, and they will. And this is the thing that's really cool that he always touts, and I suggest you know he he did the brand the right way using his influencers or his community he's built out and asking for like images and content that they produce themselves and that he can reproduce like reuse as his own social content you know it's it's free collateral and whatnot and in exchange of either 
you know, it's just a loyalty thing. He's just asked them to do that. And they willingly submit them using the product that he's selling on Amazon. And he's, I think that's how you build a brand and how you build loyalty. And, you know, you, you do it the right way. I think yeah. that's the innovative, innovative way to do it. That user submitted content is so, so powerful. So but, cool. yeah. but in order to get that, you have to have people that love your brand. And again, to have people to love your brand, you need to have a really great brand with really great products. But then you've got to figure out how to get it to market and keep it there. Yeah. But that's so what, what we're here for. I was going to say, so what, what's, what are the cool ways that you guys are trying to innovate and stand out from the rest of the seller or the service community and like really empower third party sellers and grow them in that context? Well, is, it brand, to- is it brand first? Keeping brand focus first? Yeah, I think, I mean, don't ever underestimate the power of just sponsor product ads, but there's so much more to understanding the competitive landscape and then understanding how to position yourself correctly on the marketplace that you're selling, especially on Amazon. Um, but like we're deep diving into DSP and exploring how that can like really be a game changer. Um, and actually I think we're talking about that at Prosper. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of people I I know like destiny with Sean and those guys actually have a really cool, um, if you're on clubhouse, I would suggest this too. I think it might be at noon. Um, her and Joe, um, I think Sheeland, Sheeland, uh, I forget his last name. I just talked to him yesterday, but I just know him as Joe of Advance. They're going to be talking and have a room going on, um, talking about adver- advertising on Amazon and DSP, I believe, as well. So both of them do very different, like similar things, but in terms of an agency, it's a cool, uh, I think, cool topic that they're going to be talking about. So check I it love, out. If, if I you're... love listening to Destiny talk. I just love it. Um, we have a we have a cool mastermind group. Uh, I say mastermind. It's like me and like three other people. Uh, she's one of them that we just talk advertising for about an hour every other week and like other things too. But advertising and like what thing people are doing that are different. Like it's not just on Amazon, but like other cool things we're seeing. And you know, it's other service agencies, sellers, things like that. So it's a cool, uh, yeah. Pick a brain. Uh, I, I love hearing her talk and say like, did you guys see this? Or you know, I have this insight about this and. Uh, yeah, she, she's a great person to listen to and just like absorb everything. And she, I think like been three years in the business and just crushing in their team's growing just like everyone in this space is growing because they're helping people. Like more people are coming on Amazon, but they're, they're students first. Like, do you, do you understand? Like, I think that's where best, the best, best, best sellers uh, and service providers are always students first and they're understanding what's out there and learning from other people first instead of saying, I know what's up. I'm going to do it my way and no other way. That's like, you have. I, yeah. I, I think consuming the right information is key to success. And do you feel like clubhouse is a really great resource for people that are, are looking for success as third party sellers on Amazon? Or do you the feel right like it's rooms. more of a space for like the rest of us to talk? Um, that's sort of what I've experienced is like, it's a bunch of, bunch of us talking, but not a whole lot of, I think it's a little both. It depends on the accepting nature. So like yesterday, you know, Athena, uh, over at Titan network. <clears throat> so like just by happenstance, like she just announces and they have a, they have, a, I like their program over there. Like I'm not too ingrained with their network, but I like, like a lot of the, uh, I know a lot of the, the, uh, head people over there and have talked with like Kian, uh, who's a sourcing wizard basically. Um, so there's a lot of great like minds over there. And so she starts a room and you have instantly like 300 people show up and talking like Amazon. And then you have people who are like Emma from marketing by Emma. Uh, you have like Yana show up, you have like Carlos Alvarez who shows up, like lots of people just like get pinged and like, Hey, what, what are we going to talk about? And instantly it becomes like a mastermind group quickly of service providers. Um, and then it kind of like morphs into its own, like, let's talk about different things going on. And, um, but like, there's, I know there's spaces out there for like starter community. And like, that's always like hard to ask because when you have all these big powerhouses in there, you jump in and you have someone ask like, Hey, do I, uh, yesterday the question came up of, uh, from a seller, I have this box of six, like aromatherapy clips. It was very, very specific question of like, like, how do I do this? And everyone's like, do we spend the time to talk about this? Or is it relevant to everyone else? 
or is it just servicing one person? So it's always like this balance that I found it's hard to help one person individually, not like a one-on-one -on -one call, but like making sure that it's applicable to everyone. Does that I make would sense? Yeah, I, I guess. But I would kind of think that like of all the platforms and all of the ways to consume information out there, Clubhouse maybe should be the one where somebody could ask a specific question about yeah. their particular product and get and it. And it like changed like, answer. yeah, the dynamic of the room changed because like you have new sellers that then came in and cycled through because you saw Amazon in the title, you're listening to questions and like, at the end, she like let me take over and it was myself and a couple other people who were like facilitating questions and giving our insights on like what we thought. And then, you know, that's the scary thing is like, you wanna give like personalized, personalized advice. And it's like, you're not looking at people. It's all, it's like having a phone conversation with someone like Mark Zuckerberg like yesterday was on, I had no idea. And I was really upset because it was closed. By the time I found out that he was on there, he was just talking with like the Shopify CEO and a couple other people. So it's a good platform, I think, to like listen and understand like insights from different people. But you have to find like the right rooms and the right facilitators and mod moderators to make sure that stays the focus, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a, uh, I think it's going to continue to grow in a good space for like, you know, people not record content. And if you're not there, then you're missing out. And that's the big thing is like conferences. If you're not there, you're missing out on either relationship building or you know, building your brand with other people or just making those connections. So I've met a couple already quick, a bunch of connections just through clubhouse by like being a speaker on stage and whatnot. So it, it, it's a cool platform. I like it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Would we you, go a lot of places. I know a lot of Android users that are bummed about it though. That's why you buy it. That's why Apple spiked and became the number one selling, uh, phone again <laughs> it's because everyone's like i'm buying an iphone like just for specifically this and like i get it like you listen to the ceo's talk of clubhouse and i've talked about this on this podcast a little bit is like their team of like 15 like it's a tiny tiny team and they've already scaled it so big if i think they're evaluated at a billion plus dollars already because of the opportunity of what could happen but uh i can't imagine it'd be like me you and like a bunch of people like servicing you know, like the, the ultimate of what we could do on our platform and just like trying to like ebb and flow and get all these suggestions quickly. And we're like, what do we start? Like, do you, do you like build out content that's already available? Do you build out on a new platform? Like you just got, they just celebrated their one year anniversary and it's already like, when are you going to be on Android? When are you going to be like doing ads or like, how are you monetizing and all this other stuff? So it's, it's interesting for sure. But yeah. I mean, building a brand through it, it, it's not terrible. I think people have found a good way to do that and stand out and provide really great content. I still think like podcasts are really booming. I think there's lots of, Oh, look at that. Speak of, uh, there's Yana. What's Hi, up, Yana. Yana? I was, I was uh, Yana and I like, uh, Yana got into the Facebook group or the talk, listen to Mark Zuckerberg yesterday. So I'm super jealous. I'm curious what he was talking about. So shout out to fill me in later, but, um, but anyways, like, uh, yeah, just how, how you build a brand, it, it's like ever changing, right? It's packaging, it's, you know, making sure you're compliant. Is that, and I guess before we kind of cap off after, we're a little bit after the top of the hour, how are, how's brands affected when they're getting purchased and are exiting their business? Is that a major factor you think when people are exiting their business? Or is that something that you think an aggregator doesn't necessarily care about? Well, I mean, obviously, if a brand is maximized and optimized, they're going to be more successful, thus more attractive for purchase, right? Um, that's just the numbers, you know? So I, I don't, but I know that some, there are some aggregators that are just concentrating on buying uh, reselling businesses like really, really successful reselling businesses. So I think it depends on the aggregator. It depends on the brand. I, I know that if I were a brand owner, I would be a little concerned about the brand I created and how it persisted on the marketplace at once I let go of it. But that's just me um, and my future brand for my retirement. Do you think that's actually, yeah, I was going to say, is that something that you think is a negative too? Like if it's so unique to that individual, it's like tied, like if I'm the face of like Ryan's beard oil or something like that and I build a brand around like what I look like or who I am, aggregator may not want to 
purchase my brand, right? Because it's tied directly to a person or like a, an identity, if that makes sense, right? Is that does that make sense to you? Does that do you think that affects negatively in terms of exiting a business? I think it depends on what you sort out with someone who's interested in purchasing your business. If you're fine with them taking your likeness and you're fine with them taking like the assets you've created that look like your face, then you start seeing yourself on billboards everywhere and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that this is still pretty new and time's going to tell. Um, it's big, big, big news though. And it's, um, confusing for a lot of sellers, but I also have lots of brands that I've been talking to that are gearing up, man, they're ready. They're ready to, to close out one brand and move on to the next one. So yeah. Was it surprising to you that Thrasio only acquired their hundredth business yesterday or a few days ago mm -hmm. when they announced that? Does it feel like it should have been like a thousand to you? Like, or, or something like that? I bigger? didn't really have like, an expectation around, like, I just thought it was probably more than that. I given, agree. given how like much in the news they are and the amount of funding that they've managed to, you know, but I, uh, I feel like, like I've had that conversation. I was like, did you realize those? I say only like, that's a lot. Like that's a lot a of lot. brands and like, they have over, it's probably closer to 20,000 products or SKUs that they're, you know, running now and ASIN's running, but I, I say only like, that's a lot, but only is, is not a lot too like you, you think like they, they push probably for the better part of last year like i would say what june like almost nine months now that you're funneling through lots of i'm assuming you're getting consistent inbound traffic you have brokers who we know in the space who are out there who are constantly pushing you know brands and trying to exit businesses and you're going through stacks of you know potential acquisitions and they say like it's a quick exit but i feel like of only a hundred, like your that funnel seems small to me. But if you think about like prior to this phenomenon, right. when you had a, a, a an umbrella brand that represented several brands, it was never a hundred, you know. Right. <clears throat> um. Well, I mean, in a couple of cases, it was, but generally, that's and their whole businesses, like one hundred whole businesses, is a lot of businesses. You know, because yeah. that's what we've been talking about today, right? Is like everything you have to think about in order to build a successful business to sell on Amazon, you know, like building a successful brand, having successful products, having a successful strategy. And then you sell to somebody, you sell to an aggregator and they want to take you to the next level, but they want to take the business that you've sold them to the next level. Do you think like the next level is a lot of cases, is that just like logistics? Like that's where the next level comes in. It's not the brand because I'm assuming they're buying, they're almost like the brand is good. It's like in its infancy or it's like in its like teenage years, like you yeah. can see where it's gonna have, like where it's gonna hit before it kind of like pops basically. But wasn't it you that told me that the first thing that they're doing, like once yeah, a brand international is acquired, growth. is international growth? Yeah, that's so. what they look like. I've had Jim Man talk to me, and they go, "Where, where are people growing? Like, where's the easy outlets? It's throw them into international marketplaces, and then also look at the operations in terms of like putting in retail stores. Like, this year, this is the roadmap that I've been told. Again, this can be internal, or this can be all external knowledge. It's how do you get brands and products that they've already acquired into retail stores? Makes sense. Walmart, like Costco, whatever that might be. And then you look into getting into China, Japan. Like those are the two big ones that they look at 2022. So I see a roadmap like this year it's Europe and then retail. And then next year it's China, Japan, which makes sense. Like those are very difficult places to get into in very big markets and opportunity to get to China. For, I specifically know China is a very like tough cookie to crack because of all logistics and all the compliance reasons that you have to go inbound and outbound. So that's, that makes sense. But building out a team takes time, building out resources and finding, you know, there's, that's where all the new sellers are coming from. So that's where a lot of operations are coming from. It's where anchor came from and that they're a publicly traded company. So there is opportunity there from like, working with suppliers and manufacturers, but that's, that's kind of their roadmap. So but yeah, how they grow international if a brand's not doing that. Yep. 
Interesting. Awesome. Well, I, I know we both have to go and there's other things we got to do. So, uh, before, before we kind of like wrapped up this, uh, podcast, Liz, what are the best places to connect with you and, uh, uh, take a metrics? Uh, my email address is ldowning at takeometrics.com. Nice. Um, anybody can email me any question. Um, if I don't know the answer, I'll find somebody who does. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Liz Downing on LinkedIn. Um, I'm awesome. around. I'm on Clubhouse. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out everywhere. So exactly. Yeah, we we try to be everywhere at once, but that's how we get pulled in like ten different directions. And as you know, like. We're, we're all fighting the good fight. So I appreciate your time coming on here. Thank you, uh, Ryan. It was awesome. Great content as always in chatting with you. I'm sure we'll hop around a clubhouse together at some point. It's but, always you know, fun. Exactly. Well, awesome. Anytime you, uh, you want to hop on, you're now a friend of the show. So we appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks again, Liz Downing. Thank you, Ryan. Awesome. And for everyone, again, for, uh, the, for this is your first time, or if this is, again, you've been on here with every episode of Crossover Commerce. My name is Ryan Kramer. I'm the host of this show. I go live about four to five times per week with leaders like Liz in the Amazon and e-commerce industry. Next week, we have a really big slate of uh, heavy hitters in the space. We're talking uh, an aggregator in Fortinet. We're going to have the founders on here on Monday. We're going to be talking PPC Entourage and Matt, their director of marketing. Um, there, there's a, a slew of different people that are going to be hopping on. Um, in terms of both sellers, aggregators, as well as service industry leaders to help you grow and take away uh, different nuggets uh, from each episode. That's my hope for you, but I appreciate you tuning in live. Or if you're watching this later, I want to say thanks for tuning in and obviously share this with your community um, if you find something that is valuable to you or go ahead and like that on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm Ryan Kramer, the host of this show. Again, thanks for joining and tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time on Crossover Conference.